Good morning, everybody. Glad you're here with us today. Can you give our worship team another round of applause of, of thanks? So they do an incredible job, and if worshiping God through song, again, as you've heard Evan say, if that's something that really connects with you, again, hope you'll come out tonight uh, over at Parkview. We'll have a, a great time over there. If you're new with us, we are in the middle of a series called Purpose, and we're trying to answer some questions that most of us ask. At some point or another in our lives, we ask, what's my purpose? Like, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing in life? And we've learned in this series that we were created by God and for God. And because of that incredible truth, when we ask questions about purpose, we should look to God for answers. We should say, God, like you're the one who made us. So would you teach us what our purpose is? So that's what we're trying to explore together. And actually, God has, there's at least five purposes that we're looking at in this series together. Now, if you've been a part of this with us, you've learned that our first purpose is to just let God love us. Now, just let that sink in for a moment. Your first purpose isn't to do something for God. Your first purpose is to receive something from God. God made you to love you. That's a big deal. And and that's something that a lot of us wrestle with in life, just letting God love us. But that's your first purpose. Your second purpose is to belong to God's family. We talked about that last week, that God created us so we could be a part of his family. And we looked at Ephesians 1 where it says, before the foundation of the world, God chose us and he wants to adopt us into his family. So if you're a believer in Jesus, if if you would say, I've put my faith and trust in Jesus, then you have been adopted into God's family. That brings God great pleasure. But if you have not done that, God wants you to do that. God wants you to be a part of his family so that you can be a part of his family for all eternity. So that's our second purpose. Now, as we explore our third purpose this morning, let me ask this. When you were younger, um, maybe elementary school or somewhere in that time frame, uh, most likely you had some dreams for yourself of what you wanted to become one day when you grew up. There was something that you had in your mind that you thought, when I am older, I'm going to be this, uh, you know, whatever it is, this or that. You know, maybe, maybe you wanted to be a, a police officer. You know, maybe you, you wanted to be an astronaut or something. So there's something that you wanted to be when you grew up and you thought that is the pinnacle of success. You know, in elementary school, you thought that was it. You saw your name and you saw lights and fame and whatever else comes along with that. So I'd just like to hear from you. Feel free to shout out what kind of stuff did you want to become when you were younger? You thought about becoming a a grown-up. What did you want to become? President. Awesome. Set your sights high. That's great. Doctor? Astronaut. Astronaut. There you go. Even higher. Truck driver, awesome. You drive a forklift. I mean, that's kind of like driving a truck, isn't it? It's close, close. All right, what else? Rock and roll star. Rock and roll star, all right. Woo, love it. What else? Race car driver. Basketball. Football. What was that up front? 
crossing guard, you know? You, you know, a lot of people dream about a lot of interesting things. So someone said a hairdresser? Awesome. I was wondering if you could help me at all. What's that? And you became one. That is great. That is great. Um, I did my hair one time, and here we are. Anybody else? What was that? Detective. Somebody in the back? Computer programmer. Okay. A mom. There you go. How awesome is that? Lawyer? Great. So, when, what, somebody else? A singer. Awesome. Well, when I was in elementary school, I had a big dream. And that dream, my cousins and I had together. It was a shared thing. It was kind of a pact. It was like, okay, when we grow up, this is it. This is what we're doing. We're growing our hair out real long. And we, you're laughing. Why are you laughing? And, and we are going to start a rock band. I mean, we were going to travel the world as rock stars, you know, and you know, so I was kind of an 80s kid, so, you know, like, yeah, some dreams just shouldn't come true, you know? I mean, some dreams, you just go, you know, that's probably not all that right. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I lost all my hair. I can't sing. The only musical instrument I can play is, like, the radio. So, like, I, I'm struggling with, with that one. Um, but when it comes to our third purpose, it's tied to God's dream for us. Isn't it interesting to think that God dreams about something for you, something he wants you to become. And that thing is bigger than being a rock star. That thing is bigger than being an astronaut. That thing is bigger than being almost anything that we could ever imagine becoming. And it's something that God says, listen, I have a dream for you, and it's a big dream. There's something I want you to become as you grow up in a relationship with me. Now, our, our third purpose is found in Romans chapter 8. So we're going to start in verse 28, where it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So that's something we studied several weeks ago. God is the one that has the purpose for us. God has purposes for all of us. There are things that God wants us to do. And then verse 29 says, for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. So our third purpose, the third purpose that God has for us is to become more like Jesus. Now, there's a major problem with this third purpose, and it shouldn't come to any surprise to any of us because we are nothing like Jesus, you know, I'll just speak for myself, but I am nothing like Jesus. I don't always speak the way that Jesus would speak. I don't always love people the way that Jesus would love people. I don't always respond the way that Jesus would want me to respond in stressful situations. And I'd be willing to bet that you struggle with that too. I'd be willing to bet that you're not a whole lot like Jesus either, that there are moments that you really struggle with living the way that Jesus would live, treating people the way that Jesus would treat people, responding in stressful situations the way that Jesus would respond in a situation like that. So here we are, given this incredible task by, by God the Father, 
You know, so how do we go from here? Here we are, not like Jesus. Here's Jesus over here, God in the flesh, perfect. We're not perfect. He's holy. We're not. So how do we get from here to over there? Very difficult task. I think there are many tools that God has provided us on this journey to becoming, this dream that God has for us to become as we grow older, to become more like Jesus. We're going to talk about a few of them today, and then next week is going to be an extension of this message, and we're going to extend this subject uh, into next week as we look at another element of becoming more like Jesus. Well, the first thing I think that we need to do in order to become more like Jesus is we need to spend time with him. If you want to become more like someone else, you're not like them, but you want to become more like them, it makes sense that you would spend some time with them, like you would hang out with them. You know, for example, if if you want to become a great musician, I think it'd be important for you to hang out with musicians. You know, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think if if you want to become a a singer or if you want to become a a great instrument, it'd be great for you to hang out with people like our worship team. I mean, they're awesome at what they do. I'm so grateful for God giving them those gifts and them using those gifts. And if you want to become more like them, then it'd be great for you to hang out with some of them. If you want to become a great athlete, you should hang out with athletes and hang out where athletes hang out. You shouldn't hang out with musicians. There are some great athletic musicians, but in general, you know, if you want to become an athlete, hang out with athletes. So the point is, if you want to become something that you're not, you got to hang out with people that are that, people that understand what it's like to live that life and to behave that certain way. So you got to learn how to to spend more time with people like that. So God has this goal for us, this purpose, says, I want you to become more like Jesus in order to do that. You've got to spend more time with them. Now, if you're new to Christianity, you may be here today exploring Christianity, you might think like, how do you do that? Even those of us who've been walking in a relationship with Jesus for a number of years, even we can struggle with that. You know, how do you become like Jesus? And if you're exploring this, you may, you may think like, how do you become like someone you can't even see? I mean, it's like being given the task, hey, go hang out with an imaginary friend and become more like that imaginary friend. I mean, that's kind of a, a weird task to be given. Well, spending time with Jesus, I think, starts with uh, this, but it, it's much bigger than just what we're about to talk about. This is just the beginning of learning to, to become more like Jesus and how to spend time with him. It starts with having what Christians call a quiet time or devotions. Now, you won't find those terms in the Bible, so let me explain what those terms mean. So having a quiet time or devotions involves reading the Bible, maybe reading a devotional book, talking to God through prayer, maybe worshiping God through music, or maybe enjoying the beauty of God's creation and thinking about him as you're, you're in that setting. So it can involve all kinds of things. There's, there's many different ways that you can spend time getting to know Jesus a little bit better. But um, it should always somehow involve the Bible. See, the Bible is God's truth source for us. And so in order to grow to be more like Jesus, like we should learn to become students of the Bible. That's where we see Jesus. That's where we get to watch him. 
That's where we get to spend some time closer with him and watch how he behaves and and, and watch how he responds. And so we should always be spending time, certain amount of time of of our lives and, and a growing amount of time reading the Bible. Now, if you're new to the Bible, you may think, wow, like that's a big task. I mean, you look at the Bible, it's not laid out like any other book. What do you do? It can be kind of confusing, not exactly sure where to begin. Um, Do I start in the beginning? And you would think, yeah, you know, that's like where you would start in most books, right? In the beginning. And then if you do start in the beginning, you get through Genesis, and that's kind of cool. There's a lot of great Bible stories there packed into that first book. You get into Exodus, fantastic, interesting, how God's saving the nation of Israel out of slavery. That's cool. Then you get into Leviticus, and you're going, what in the world is God talking about? Like, this makes no sense. And you'll probably pull out of reading the Bible and go, I just, I just can't figure that out. That must be for, for somebody else. Maybe that's just for, for pastors. But this might sound strange, but I don't recommend new people start in Genesis. I recommend people start in a book called John, a great book. In the New Testament part of the Bible, which is written after the life of Jesus, you've got the first four books of the New Testament are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are called the Gospels. And in the Gospels, you get to see Jesus up close and personal. So, I mean, you could pick any one of those Gospels and and get to see Jesus in a great way. But John is just a great spot for you to hang out. So if you're new, I recommend just spend a little time every day reading the, the book of John. And whenever we read the Bible, I think one thing that's important is to have a plan. Like, I don't ever recommend the Bible roulette plan which a lot of us do. I've done in my own life. And I'm like, God, I need something today. I need you to to speak to me in in a powerful way. I need to know what you want me to do. So I'm going to flip the Bible open and hopefully it'll land on something cool. And then I'll put my finger down and read. Um, That can work at times. You can get some powerful truth that God can work in in those contexts. But you could land on like Matthew um, 27, 5. You flip open, God, like, I need to know what you want me to do today. Matthew 27, 5. And it says, and Judas went out and hanged himself. <laughs> like, what are you going to do with that? Like, like, you would just be weirded out. Okay, like, was that from God or what? Like, I'm just telling you, no, that's not from God. Okay, so that's not what God wants you to do. So you got to be careful with the, the Bible roulette plan. It, it's great to have a plan, have an idea that when you come to the Bible of what you want to be reading. If you're new to the Bible... We've got some great resources on our website that can help you learn. We've got some great articles there like Bible 101, how the Bible was put together, ways you can study the Bible. Those are great ways for you to develop a Bible reading plan. We also have something that we make available each week called our Spiritual Growth Challenge. And you can pick up a copy at our uh, Connection Center before you leave, or you can download it from our website. But on that, we take our message a little bit further. We ask some questions. We have some challenges there for you. We have a Bible reading plan section. Um, So there's some great ways for you to grow in your knowledge of the Bible through reading through our Spiritual Growth Challenge. Now, another great way to spend time with Jesus is to read a devotional book. Now, there are some great devotional books out there. Uh, if you're reading with us, as a, as a church right now, we're reading through the Purpose Driven Life book. So as an extension of what we're doing on Sundays, and there's one chapter per day after we talk about a purpose. And so that's a great way to have a Bible reading plan. Um, but there's some other great devotional books that are out there that you can read. One's called uh, My Upmost for His Highest. Uh, kind of a new one out is called Jesus Calling. And then there's the life that you've always wanted. 
some great devotional books that, that are kind of an extension of our Bible reading plan that help us to understand how to live more like Jesus in addition to what we're reading in the Bible. I knew a pastor who would read the devotional My Utmost for His Highest every year after year after year after year after year. He would just go one reading per day all the way through the end of the year, and then he would cycle back, start over, do it again, cycle back, start over. And he was like, man, there's always so much truth in here. I'm going to be reading this uh, till the day that I die. Now, when it comes to spending time with Jesus, another thing that's important is establishing a routine. Uh, It's something that Jesus modeled for us. We, We need to have a routine of this to make it a consistent thing that happens on a regular basis for us. But Luke chapter five records a time when Jesus was with his disciples. He's got a lot of people around him. He's preaching, he's healing. Uh, Verse 15 says, vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. And then verse 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. There's some couple of great truths for us to understand in that verse right there. So, So Jesus often So he would often withdraw from crowds to go and pray. That was just a pattern that he had. And it was a regular habit for him to go spend time with God the Father. It was important to Jesus. It was incredibly important to him. Now, the second truth that Jesus modeled for us there was that he would get away from the crowds. And this kind of irritated the disciples sometimes. So, you know, you've got all these people coming. They're part of this movement. You know, Jesus has invited them to be his closest disciples. So they're there watching all these people. You know, hundreds, sometimes thousands of people would come. Uh, they wanted to hear Jesus. But more than just hear Jesus, they wanted to see miracles. They wanted to be healed by him. So there's all these people coming to see Jesus. And then all of a sudden, the, the main guy, the main, you know, the spotlight of the show would disappear he'd be gone. He'd be gone somewhere. And um, the Bible records on one occasion that Jesus' disciples, they found him. And he was off by himself talking to God the Father. And his disciples came up and basically scolded him and said, like, where have you been? Don't you realize, Jesus, that we've got all these people waiting on you? Like, we don't have anything to offer them, but you do. What are you doing out here? Like, we don't have time for you to be spending time alone with God the Father. Like, you're needed. Like, we got an important schedule. There's stuff for you to accomplish. But Jesus would never let anybody else's expectations dictate what he would do with his time. And he would say, listen, spending time with God the Father is the most important thing that I can do. And there are moments I'll say no to large crowds so that I can spend time alone. So Jesus would regularly pull away from the crowds. So if you are a Christ follower, how are you doing at that? How are you doing at pulling away from the busyness and the crowds of life that are demanding your attention? I mean, I I, I think all of us understand what that's like. All of us understand that our world is demanding more and more and more of us in our calendars, in our, in our meetings, and um, there, there's just people looking for us all the time. And it might mean, in order for us to pull away from the crowds a little bit, to, to act like Jesus just a little bit here, we may need to get up a few minutes early. So you know what, I, in order to start my day right, I may have to get up 15 minutes early just to spend time with God. 
Spend time with Jesus. For others, it might mean probably one of the most challenging things for you to do is to not respond to your cell phone when it goes off. I know some of you are like, you just broke out in a sweat. Like you just freaked out. Like every time it it rings or jingles or buzzes, you have to check it out and respond. Well, it might mean that you just leave it alone for a few minutes because you're spending time with Jesus. It might mean on your lunch break, I mean, maybe a couple of days a week, you just go off to lunch by yourself. You just spend time alone with Jesus. Pull away from the crowd, pull away from the busyness of life. Again, our world demands more and more and more of our time. And Jesus modeled for us beautifully in a very demanding season for him what it was like to just pull away from the crowds and spend time alone with God the Father. And if Jesus needed to do that, guess what we need? We need it even more. When we started Epic, we're a little over four and a half years old, and about that time frame, I uh, got connected with an, a pastor, a retired pastor who had pastored the same church for over 28 years uh, and seen a substantial thing happen in, in that ministry there. And so I took him to lunch, and I said, hey, would you like speak some truth into me. Like I'm, I'm on the, like the beginning journey of this and you're kind of on the ending journey. So what would you say to me as I'm beginning out? What would you want someone to have said to you when you were starting? And he said something like this. He said, people are going to want your time and your attention. You're going to have meetings upon meetings, counseling, weddings, funerals, uh, preaching all the time. There are going to be so many demands on your time, but people don't need more of you. People need more of Jesus. And the only way for them to get more of Jesus when they're around you is if you spend more time with Jesus. And I just thought, wow, that is such incredible truth. And I've tried to incorporate that into my life. I've tried to spend more and more time with Jesus. And I have to say to you, what that pastor said to me is so true. You don't need more of me. You need more of Jesus. The only real thing of value that I have to offer comes from when I spend time with Jesus. When my relationship with Jesus is strong, I pour out of the overflow of that and you get the benefit of it. When my relationship with Jesus is weak, I pour out of the overflow of that. And guess what? I don't pour out some great stuff. In those moments, that's when I'm not like Jesus. And the last thing that you need is to get something in your life from a pastor who's not doing well in his relationship with Jesus. So it's incredibly important for me to to stay closely connected with Jesus. Now, before you think that it's easy for me to do that, there's this perception that people have, and I've had it in my own life. Sometimes we see a pastor and think, oh man, I mean, they just naturally have a great relationship with God. I mean, it just comes easy. You know, just, I wish I could like be like that person, spend large amounts of time reading the Bible, studying and praying. That just must be great. I'm not like that. So, you know, God just made some that way and others aren't that way. So let me just set the record straight. Okay. So I love spending time with Jesus, but most often I would rather he spend time with me. I've got a busy schedule. I wake up in the morning, I'm a morning person, and I, I wake up and I'm ready to achieve. It's kind of irritating to my kids because most of my, my kids kind of like the night thing. So I wake up in the morning, I'm like, woo, how you doing? What's going on? What are we going to accomplish today? And they're like, dad, shut your mouth. <laughs> like, 
we haven't even started the day yet. And I'm like, man, let's go. We got stuff to do. Like, I want to get in the office. I want to accomplish. I want to achieve. You know, by lunchtime, I'm like, man, like, if you don't have it done by lunchtime, if you're just waking up then, the day's over. Like, you might as well go back to bed and wake up the next day. We got stuff to do. So when it comes to having a quiet time, I feel like I'm going from 100 miles an hour to a screeching halt. I'm like, oh, like, this is so difficult. Like, I I got so much to do. And I fight hard against the pull of my calendar and the pull of my personality because I want to go do something. And God says, like, I need you to slow down. I need you to spend time with me. Now, for me, the best time to do that is in the morning. Uh, if, If I don't do that before I start my day, then often I'll say to myself, I'll do that later, maybe lunchtime, or I'll do that tonight. And here, lunchtime, I'm not, I'm not doing it because I'm, 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 I already got my RPMs up way too high. I'm not slowing down. And then by dinner or, or by time for bed, then um, I read like three words and then my eyes are shut and I'm, I'm asleep and I'm ready for the next day. So the best time that works for me is the morning. But that may not be your schedule. That may not be your pattern. My wife spends lots of time later in the evening and loves that. That works for her. So whatever works for you, if it's in the middle of the day, it's in the morning, at night, whatever. The most important thing is finding what works for you and leaning into that. Now, even on the mornings that I, I do slow down and I, I hang with Jesus, even on those mornings, it's still difficult for me. I still struggle in the, the, the application of just hanging out quietly with God. Again, I've got so much I want to do. So here's what it looks like for me. So I have my Bible, have it open, uh, on a table, and there's a place that I like to do this. There's a part of my routines. I go to a specific place, and, and when I walk in that place, it's kind of like, oh, this is my time with Jesus. So I sit down, open my Bible, start reading, have a plan. Two seconds into it, I think it's Wednesday, and Wednesday's recycling day, and I forgot to put the recycling bin out. Like, oh, man, Wednesday. Why always Wednesday? I forget that. So I, I grab my phone, I text my wife, sorry, smiley face, smiley face, um, I forgot to put the recycling bin out. Can you do that for me? And yeah, yeah, that, that's great. Then I see a few other texts that I forgot about and I respond to those and I'm thinking like, okay, I'm not supposed to be texting. I'm supposed to be spending time with Jesus reading about. Okay, so put that down. Three seconds later, I think, I forgot to email that person that information. They needed it yesterday. Oh no. So I grab my phone, I email real quick and then I see a few other emails. I start emailing and then again, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be spending time with Jesus. So I got to put that down. Okay, back back to spending time with Jesus. I feel like I have quiet time ADHD. So I'm sitting there reading. Anybody walks past, I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? You want to talk? Like, what are you doing? Let's, let's go have some coffee or something. That'd be great. I am distracted by anything and everything when it comes to reading the Bible. So here's what I've found that helps me is I keep a piece of paper next to me. When I'm reading the Bible, I've got a piece of paper and a pen. And anytime a thought pops up, distracting thought, I write it down. So text, email, to-do list, phone calls, meetings, whatever. I just write them down. And then those, once those thoughts come out and they, they end up on that paper, I'm not thinking about them anymore. And I'm, I can actually focus on what I'm reading for the time frame that I'm reading. And guess what? I have a to-do list at the end of my time. It's great. And I'm like, awesome. Look at all this stuff I got to do. Let's go. Let's get her done. So sometimes I listen to worship music 
And that is very helpful to me. It helps me slow down. It helps me focus on what I'm about to read. Um, the space that I, I read in is it's got um, there's it, it's close to nature where I can look out this window and I can see the beauty of God's creation. Uh, one of the times I love the most is hunting season. Um, I love to hunt, and when I'm in the woods, I've got my Bible with me, and I'm reading. And when I'm reading and I'm in God's creation, man. I feel a whole new level of connection with him than I feel when I'm sitting in my office or something. Being out in nature helps me so much to connect with God. And so I'm reading, and as I'm reading, I'm transitioning my mind from accomplishing to becoming. And that's the, the, the point of spending time with Jesus. It's about becoming, not accomplishing. Now, when we spend time with Jesus, we learn some amazing things about him. Here's one of the things I've learned about Jesus. He was never in a hurry. He was never in a hurry. I mean, Jesus never said, you know, God the Father, like, why didn't we make 25 hours in a day? You know, like 24, just not enough. Like, I, like I, one extra hour, and I think I could get it all in. He never said to his disciples, like, hurry up and get those people baptized. We got to get that PowerPoint ready for the, for the Pharisees meeting tonight. You know, he never told his disciples, like, communion, guys, we got to go. I'm, you know, I got to meet the Roman soldiers down at the garden. They're going to arrest me, and then I'm going to be crucified. That's why I'm here. I got to go. Can't miss the time frame. Jesus was never in a hurry. And I can't tell you how encouraging that is to me because I am often in a hurry. I often think if I don't accomplish this thing, like the whole fabric of the universe is going to come unfolded. If I don't get accomplished what I want to accomplish in a day. And there's moments I go home like, I'm frustrated. And Tammy says, why? Like, I didn't do what I wanted to do today. And she said, did you do what God wanted you to do today? Probably not. That makes me even more frustrated. <laughs> but there, there's an agenda that God has for me And sometimes my agenda and God's agenda aren't the same. But when I start my morning talking to God, guess what? There are moments he says, Trent, like there's a few other things I want you to do today. Keep your eyes open. I want you to slow down. You're not going to pick up these things when you're going way too fast in life. So when I'm spending time with Jesus, my heart rate slows down. My anxiety level decreases. My attitude changes for the better. Those problems that look so big at one point, they don't look so big anymore. And I've determined that living life at Jesus' pace is better than my pace. And he's got a better plan than I do. And his pace of life is way better than my pace. Now listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 11. In verse 28, he said this. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So let me just ask, anybody weary in here? Anybody got a heavy burden you're carrying? Well, God's got a specific word for you this morning. This is what he wants you to do. He says, come to me. If you're weary, you've got a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. Spend time with Jesus. Doesn't that sound great to have a few less burdens? to have a a little bit less anxiety in your life? Doesn't that sound awesome? Well, it's possible as you spend time with Jesus. When you slow down, connect with him, it's actually possible to have less stress in your life. So to spend time with Jesus, 
We need to get away from the busyness of life. We need to establish a regular quiet time. We need to read the Bible. We need to have a plan as we're reading the Bible. And those are all great things when it comes to learning about Jesus. But in and of themselves, they're not all that helpful for us becoming more like Jesus. There are way too many Christians that spend large amounts of time with Jesus. They know a lot about him, but they don't look anything like him. And that's a major problem in Christianity today. And that's one of the things that keeps people from becoming Christ followers. And maybe you're here today saying, you know, I'm just checking out Christianity. And maybe the thing that keeps you from taking that final step is you watch Christians who don't look like Jesus. That's a problem. That's a problem when God looks at us for the purpose that he has for us. It's not for us to learn more about Jesus only. It's for us to do what Jesus would do. It's for us to live the way that he would live. 1 John 2, 6 says, those who say they live in God should live their lives, lives as Jesus did. So if you're a Christian, if you would say, listen, I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I'm part of his family. I've put my faith and trust in him. Do you live like Jesus? When you're at work, do you work like Jesus? When you're at school, are you a student like Jesus? When you're at home, Do you treat family members the way that Jesus would treat family members? When you're out with your friends, having whatever fun you're having, are you making choices the way that Jesus would make choices? And then if people around you, if people in your life, maybe people at work, maybe people at school, if they were to find out that you are a Christ follower, would they be totally shocked? Would they be like, you are so good. Like, I never would have guessed. You hid that so well. Or would they say, you don't live anything like him. I hear you talk about him, but you don't look like him. Or would they say, wow, I knew there was something different about you. I knew there was something about you that was different in the way that you work and the way that you you are as a friend or a student or in our community. I knew there was something different about you. That makes sense. You're a Christ follower and you actually follow him and you do what he says. Wow, that's awesome. James chapter 1. It says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So are you a hearer of God's word? Or are you a doer of God's word? And here's the reality. Our world doesn't need any more hearers of God's word. Our world is desperate for doers, for people who will actually live the way that Jesus lived, not just talk about Jesus. Our world doesn't need to know how much you know about Jesus. Our world needs to see you live what you know about Jesus. Here's my challenge for all of us this week. First is spend time reading the Bible every day. Just a, just a little bit of time. Uh, this week, I encourage you to, to carve out 15 minutes per day. Just say, commit to 15 minutes a day that you're just gonna pull away from the busyness of life and just read and hang out with Jesus and get on his calendar more than trying to get him on your calendar. Focus more on becoming 
than accomplishing. If you're reading through our our Purpose Driven Life book that many of us are reading, then you have a a plan right there, a great way. It should take you about 15 minutes to read a chapter and process through that a little bit. Um, if, you're, if you don't have that, I encourage you to stop by, pick up our spiritual growth challenge. There's some information there that you can process through. There's some action things that you can do as you're learning to spend some time with Jesus. And my second challenge for you this week is to actually live more like Jesus. So pick an area, like one area, and say, God, like, like how can I live more like you this week? Maybe at school, maybe at work, maybe at home. And then do that, like determine, this week, I'm going to live more like Jesus in this specific area. So your first purpose is to let God love you. Your second purpose is to belong to God's family. And then your third purpose is to become like Jesus. Now, we're going to look at our fourth purpose next week, which is an extension of what we're talking about today, so that next week will be kind of part two of this message. Um, in just a moment, I'm going to pray, and then our worship team is going to come out. And when they come out, they're going to sing a song called Here's My Heart. And here's what I encourage you to do as we're singing this song. I encourage you to have a conversation with God. Say, God, I want you to speak to me. My ears are open, my heart is open. I want you to speak to me about two things. The first thing is about the time I spend with you. And maybe you don't spend any time hanging with Jesus and, and just say, God, like, help me develop a plan to do that. And then the second thing is, say, God, would you speak to me during this song about one area that I need to live like Jesus? I mean, maybe there's you know, a situation at school where you really need to live like Jesus, or maybe there's a conflict issue in your life you really need to respond like Jesus would. Maybe you know, there's something at work where you really need to step it up. You haven't been living like Jesus, and, and God's saying, listen, this is one specific area, one way I want you to live like Jesus. And then determine by the end of the song, I'm doing that this week. I'm going to hang with Jesus, and I'm going to live like him this week. So let's pray together, and then our worship team will come out. Lord, we've got this third purpose that we're looking at. Lord, this becoming more like Jesus, which is a a challenge for all of us. Uh, We are so not like Jesus, and it feels like this impossible task that you've given us as we, we look at Jesus, who's perfect, God in the flesh, and yet God the Father, you say, listen, my goal for you, the thing I want you to become as you grow up is I want you to become more like Jesus. He's the model. He's, he's the one you should be following, the one you should be living like. And so, Lord, we wrestle with that. And in order to grow to be like Jesus, we've got to spend time with him. And, and some of us struggle with that. We don't spend a whole lot of time with Jesus. We try to cram Jesus into our calendar instead of just carving out time to just hang with Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you would grow all of us in this whole, uh, this whole concept of quiet time, devotions, just slowing down enough to spend time with Jesus and learn from him, to watch him, and then to learn how to live the way that he lives. Lord, there are are people here that are brand new to that. I pray that you would help them to take a step in that direction this week where they carve out 15 minutes and just say, listen, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna gonna apply. I'm gonna just figure this thing out. Lord, there's other people here who have been reading their Bible for years. And maybe they've gotten into the the habit of just reading over stories instead of reading into stories. Maybe they've kind of gotten superficial in their time with you. 
Lord, I pray that they would determine not to do that, but to really dig deep in that time and ask you to show them how to live. Lord, it doesn't do us any good to just learn more about you and then not live like you. That's the purpose. For for learning is application. You want us to learn so we can apply. So Lord, I pray that all of us this week, we would just determine whatever we see you doing, Jesus, in scripture, we're going to follow that example. We're going to live more like you. Lord, help us with that. Lord, we know that we can't do it in and of ourselves. We need your resources. Help us to do that. And I just pray now, Lord, as this song is played and we're processing this information here, that you would speak powerfully to us. Talk to us, Lord. Our ears are open. Our heart is open. We want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it's encouraging going through this series, um, just knowing that God has a plan for every single one of us in here that every single one of us have a purpose. And even though that, that one thing that he's put in your mind that you may really not want to deal with, um, there's a purpose for it. And his plan is so much bigger than anything that we can imagine. So you have a purpose and a plan in God's plan, which is definitely encouraging. Now, if you're reading through the Purpose Driven Life book with us, the next, one, next part of that is going to be Purpose 3. You've been created to be like Christ. So keep on following along with that. Uh, there's some great stuff to be able to encourage us and help us work through everything that we're going through this week. Now, my name is Cody Anderson, and I am the leader of our student ministry surge here at Epic, and I just have a few things for you before you guys head out and go to the beach or do whatever you guys plan on doing today. Now, our Epic Kids area in the back is growing. It is getting big, and we are outgrowing the space that, we're ha- that we have back there. So either your kids are really loving it back there, or you're randomly picking up children and bringing them here. So I don't know what it is, but we're okay with it either way. Um, But they are doing a great job back there, and we're expanding. So next week, the 25th, as you walk up here, if you were to go out these doors and make a left and go down the walkway, you'll run into the school of Buddy Taylor Middle School. And there's a great area over there that we're going to be putting those kids, the grades one through six, to be able to accommodate the growth that we're having. Now, our early childhood area in the back right behind us here also, they're going to be keeping in that area. There's going to be a few changes back there, but we're going to have signs out. We're going to have people back there. So it's going to be an easy transition. That's going to be next Sunday. So be prepared for that. Now, if you could um, grab the announcement sheet that you have next to you. Um, I'm just going to walk through a couple things that we have going on here at Epic. Now, if you are in the 7th to 12th grade, or you have children in the 7th to 12th grade, or if you see students in the 7th to 12th grade walking around your neighborhood or whatever it is. We have an opportunity next Saturday for them to come and hang out. We have Surge next Saturday at Palm Coast Community Church. It's going to be at 6 p.m. Um, over, uh, over at Palm Coast Community Church. So you want to join that. It's going to be, we have great students in there, great opportunity for them to be able to join a community with uh, students their own age. Now, if you want to keep track of what we have going on with Surge, there's a couple ways you can do that. There is actually a texting service that we have. Um, the information's on here. We have Facebook and also the calendar on theepicchurch.com. The information's on there too. Now, we have, as you've heard the past couple weeks, we have two teams going to Guatemala this summer. Um, and what we're doing, those two teams are building four houses total. Uh, each house costs about $2,500, and we're trying to raise money for that last house, $2,500 for that. And we also have a handful of the members that are going still raising funds. So if you would like to help out with that, you can give in the giving boxes behind you, or you can go online at theepicchurch.com if you feel fed to be able to do that. 
Um, also, if you call Epic your home and you're supporting what we're doing uh, here at Epic and also out in the community, there's two ways that you could give here at Epic. TheEpicChurch.com, you can go on there and click on the eGive tab, or you can give in the giving boxes right behind you. Now, if you're new to Epic, we're so happy you guys are here. Um, we're so glad you came to join us. On your way out today, just stop by the Connection Center over in the corner. We'd love to personally, personally meet you and also um, just to give you a little information about what Epic's all about. So thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you next Sunday.